Welcome everyone to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I'm your host, Antonio Garza, and it is time to talk some wrestling. And last week, uh, one of the things that I promised that I was going to try and watch this week was Stardom, because I hadn't really talked about Stardom, I mean, since the show started (laughs) a long, long time ago. And so I did, went back uh, and watched the the November 15 show, uh, Stardom Sendai Cinderella. And yes, this is slightly older now. Uh, it's like from last week, two weeks ago, actually. But uh, it was a really eventful show that I wanted to talk about um, for several reasons. And so that is the, the why I will go back to it. And in addition to that, we watched some other promotions that we don't usually talk about, so stay tuned for them. But let's let's get started with Stardom, Sendai, Cinderella, November 15. This took place at the Sendai Sun Plaza in Sendai, Japan, uh, the biggest, pretty much the biggest city in the Miyagi Prefecture. And this... I would argue was uh, going to be Stardom's biggest show, like to close a year, but they actually will. They did announce um, something that sounds even bigger, in my opinion, and we will talk about it in a little bit. But just to go into the show, we started with Micah defeating Sayaida for the future of Stardom title. I thought this match was pretty fun. I I'm a big fan of both Micah. I think she's just like your overall like package wrestler. But Sayaida has something special. She's really short, but she's like a little tank, and she she just works really really nice. Like well when I was watching this match, the only thing that I can think of is I really want to see a match of Saya versus Layla Hirsch from AEW because they're both like little just short like tanky built women and and i think it would be a really cool f- match uh micah defeated saya uh like in around eight minutes i i think i gave this match about like a three and three quarters um because like i said it was a really fun opener i i really can't say much about it um uh, if you've seen a Sayaida match, you know exactly uh, what type of match it is. And it was fun. It was a good opener. It it started the night with a good uh, taste, you know. Next up, we had a five-way match where Starlight Kid defeated Hanan, Hina, Riho, and Saya Kamitani. And so this was... Um, it was... It was two stars versus two Queen's Quest and Riho. I feel like Riho has been doing a lot of stars, but also like she kind of feels like a cosmic girl. I don't know where she's going to end up landing. Maybe I've missed something and she already has landed and I I completely missed it and I apologize if I did. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong in, in, in Twitter. Uh, but this was just fun. It was like, uh, like 
seven minutes of a lot of action, a lot of like five on like spots where the five women were involved, uh, a lot of two on two, a lot of three on two stuff. And it was just fun, like fast action. Um, I, I think uh, Kamitani and, and Rijo would have been obviously like the easy choices to win the match. But I did like that Starlight Kid got the, the win because realistically Rijo and Kamitani are pretty I, like I wouldn't say like well established in, in stardom but they are seen as like top level competitors and Starlight Kid is still like in that place between having stopped being a rookie but not really being uh, like part of the established roster like upper echelon so it was good for Starlight Kid to get this win. Um, it was just fun, like nothing special. This, I mean, this was about like a two, two and a half, uh, maybe three stars match. Like I said, it was seven minutes. It was just fun. We had the Cosmic Angels, um, Mina Shirakawa, Tam Nakano, and Unagi Sayaka defeating Oedo Tai, the team of uh, Natsuko Tora, Rina, and Saki Kashima. This... Uh, I'm looking at the time right now. It was about 11 minutes. It actually felt way, way shorter. Uh, I we didn't get a lot of Tamlakano and Natsuko Tora. So, which I mean, has Tamlakano's year 2020 has been like a highlight for for stardom. I didn't feel like we got much of it. But uh, it was good nonetheless. We got a lot of uh, Sayaka and, and Rina and Kashima. A little bit of Shirakawa at the end. Um, and it was fun. Mm, I, I gave this also like about a two and a half. Uh, because it was like, it was good stuff. It, it just wasn't outstanding. And... I don't know. Like it was fun. I I thought uh, the ending was kind of sloppy, actually. Uh, Shirakawa uh, pinning Arena. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I I do believe that a lot of them by themselves sometimes do a lot better, especially with more time. But this, like this and last, the previous match, are just like your opening matches in the show. So uh, you tend to not have enough time for a lot of people that are involved. And so you, you don't really get to see much come out of it. But nonetheless, I thought it was uh, good. Um, and then we got into like the, the I, yeah, I, w I guess I, we, I would say that this is starting to get into the bigger matches. We started with the high-speed title match where Asumi defeated Gokigen Death to retain her title. This was another like three star match or so. And this was also like definitely, definitely high speed because I, I think this match lasted less than four minutes. And and I think that was like about the time that it should have lasted. Uh, I mean, Gokigen Def, I don't think anyone expected her to take the title from Asumi. And, and Asumi just like, Def got some like some spots in early on, but then Asumi just gained control and won. And I think that's how it should have been. Like this could have been a squash, just like hundred percent, and it would have been perfect. Um, so 
I, I don't know who's going to be chasing Azumiya after this. I don't think anyone challenged her yet. But um, Asumi is one of those, like, definitely up-and-coming talents that if she just keeps wrestling as she has and keeps learning, she's going to be just top-level wrestler in the world soon. She already kind of is. Next up, we had Momo Watanabe defeating Himeka from Dona del Mundo. I... This... This was kind of like a, a mix of, of feelings for me. I thought that it was really, really awesome early on how dominant uh, Momo was during the match. But then Himeka like, cut her off, got heat, and at the end, uh, Momo just made a comeback and won. Like, <clears throat> having said, I mean, all of that sounds perfect. My my issue was that Momo is definitely being built as a new title contender, uh, as we're going to see later on. And I thought that, like, having so much trouble with Himeka wasn't, like, the best booking for Momo. I thought that Momo, like, if she was already dominant early on, then do the whole heat section of the match and then have Momo make a successful comeback and win dominantly again. Like, I I wanted to see a Momo that won and wasn't hurt enough that she couldn't just, like, stand up on the, on the turnbuckles and celebrate for herself, you know? And, and this Momo won, and instead she she seemed like she had trouble. She was weak. And so I, I, that's the only thing that I would have changed. Otherwise, I, I really enjoyed the match. I love Himeka. Uh, just her, like her presence, her look, is, I think it's amazing. And we'll, we'll see where how it goes. Like Momo is definitely being built. And I can't imagine she's going to be gaining any titles soon. But she will be like, I mean, she's going to be a good contender. But she could be better, in my opinion, if if they give her better wins uh, on the road to the title match. Next up, we had Siuri defeating the champion B Priestley to win the SWA Undisputed World's Women title. I, I like this match, but I don't know, like something was slightly disconnected for me. Um, I I went, I went with four stars on this match. No, not not four stars. <laughs> Sorry, three and a half, three and a half stars. Um, uh, I I thought it was short, but like it was like really well packaged. Um, like I don't I didn't really think like there was like dead times. I I like that since they're both kickers, they just pretty much uh, worked on each other's head. Uh, with the like slide uh, exception of the little work that B Priestley did on Sudi's legs, which made sense because she she will, will want to take out Sudi's leg, and you know like take out the kicks from from, from her arsenal. Um, but I don't know what it was. I I think it was B Priestley that took me out of the match a little bit. I thought uh. 
I don't know what it was. I was just like super into COD, but I just couldn't get into B precisely in this match. And I mean, I'm not saying in a bad way, like I still gave it like a pretty decent rating, I think, in my opinion. Um, but I don't know. There was just something where like when COD was like doing her stuff, I was like, fuck yeah. And when B Prissy was uh, getting heat, I was like, eh, I mean, what else? So, but nonetheless, it was, a, it was a good match. I'm happy that Sudi won a title in Stardom. Uh, I mean, you can tell the 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 company, the promotion, likes Sudi. Um, I mean, I think they really, really like the whole Donado Mundo team. But Sudi is definitely, I mean, like she's not the, the lower part of the team. And, and I think that's good for her. Uh, after the match, she said that she wanted to change the the rules of the title of the SWA a little bit. Um, she pretty much wanted to take out the whole world aspect of the of the title, so that so that it could include like Japanese nationals. <clears throat> um, so she because she wanted to wrestle uh, Japanese people. Um, that's pretty much it. Like the SWA title sometimes has been a thing about doing like a nationality versus nationality type of thing. And so she wanted to, to kind of change that rule so she could fight more Japanese nationals, which I mean, in, in a pandemic, it just makes sense <laughs> uh, because that opens Suri to be facing pretty much anyone right now that they can get uh, from stardom or outside the company. So that, that's just like the smart thing to do at this point. Um, we had what was, in my opinion, my favorite match of the night. Are maybe not the best match for a lot of people, but this was my favorite match of the night. This was the one, the Wonder of Stardom title match. Uh, Julia defeating Konami to retain her title. I thought this was awesome. Konami has always been, in my opinion, one of the like the most underrated wrestlers in Stardom for sure, and in just like over the world and Julia in my, in my opinion is I think she is the most improved wrestler of the year just going back to to January where people were still thinking that she was just a pretty face that she was like getting that Tokyo Dome position because she was a pretty face and blah 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 and 12 months later I think she is a fantastic fantastic wrestler uh one of my favorite women wrestlers in the world for sure easily and and like the match itself was was great there was a lot of like grappling a lot of striking towards the end uh they they both worked on each other's arms and i mean other than that it was just like this low progression of like just chipping uh, off from your opponent until you get into like the the chase of the finishers, and that was it. And, and Konami actually got to to kick out of some like bigger, some of the like Julia's bigger stuff. Uh, I think she escaped the the stealth viper, she escaped the crunchy, and I think it took uh, the glorious driver and the glorious the other. I think the Buster. Uh, for Julia to win, so I mean that that says a lot about Konami, and, and that was it. Like it was just a fantastic, fantastic match. I really just love Julia, and 
her expressions, her look, her demeanor. Like she looks like a champion. She looks like a superstar. And uh, yeah. And, and one, one thing that I wanted to uh, mention about this match. There was a spot where uh, they're just kind of like exchanging like strikes. Obviously, Konami has her kicks. And Julia hit what I believe, in my opinion, may be the stiffest, most disgusting headbutt that I've ever seen or heard in a wrestling match that wasn't accidental. Like, it made the people from the audience gasp. I I honestly don't even remember Shivata or Ishii or Timothy Thatcher sounding as stiff as this headbutt. They were they were okay afterwards, so I, I take it like uh, Julia's thumbs took the whole impact. But holy fuck, that 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 headbutt was just like brutal, brutal man. Like fuck, like I I it made me cringe, and it had been a while since I've cringed at a wrestling match. <laughs> but I, I, it was just awesome. Like they they're both just awesome wrestlers. And talking about awesome wrestlers, we had the main event. Uh, the World of Stardom title match. Mayu Iwatani, the champion, losing the title to Utami Hayashishita in a fantastic match. Like, I gave Julia Konami a four, uh, four stars. To me, Mayu and, and Utami were also, like, about four stars. I was just way more into the style of the match that Julia and Konami had. Because... While Julia and Konami had like grappling and striking, uh, Mayu and Utami went for like the bigger uh, move type of like spot type of match. And so like really early on, we already had like uh, a pile driver on the apron type of stuff. And and that was like the match. Like it was just uh, a lot of like high impact moves, like uh, slowly incrementing the impact and the drama it was really dramatic also i just think that it was the the, the type of drama didn't pull me in until like the very end and and maybe because i i i already knew the 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 finish i wasn't that impressed like when when utami won i was just i'm incredibly happy because i i think hayashishita is fantastic too um, I, I could probably repeat everything that i said about julia with utami hayashita uh with the exception that hayashita like she debuted debuted being almost like a prodigy and and i, I remember when she debuted for stardom like she already like had a bunch of titles around her waist uh she was just like like she looked legit and i've been following hayashita for the longest time um and so it was just fantastic. And Mayu Watani is arguably, in the eyes of a lot of people, the best female wrestler in the world. Like, I I wouldn't disagree. I have personal preferences for one Yuka Sakasaki. But if anyone tells me, like, no, Iwatani is the best, like, wrestler in the world, I'm like, you know what? I I cannot disagree. Like, the, the difference is like minimal in terms of quality. And, and I think uh, she had been like an amazing champion. I, 
I think she could have kept the title and still do things with it, but it also felt like uh, they wanted to make a change. I think Mayu has had the title for a while now, like not necessarily uh, number of days counted, but she has been the, the top of the company for a while now. Uh, I mean, pretty much ever since uh, Yo and and Kairi Hojo left. And so I think it's okay to let Mayu take, I wouldn't say a step down, but a step aside to let Julia and Hayashishita uh, pretty much grow and become like top level like contenders now or, or just the like, top level main eventers. And let Iwatani maybe build someone else. Um, I mean, there's Iwatani can totally help right now. Women like Suri and Micah and Tam Nakano and and those and yeah yeah like like those Sakikashima was like those talent could really really benefit right now from feuding with Iwatani without a title involved, meaning that they can get wins over Iwatani. And, and right now, let, let Hayashishita like, be the face of your, your company for a while. Um, I mean, you, you, can, you can see it in how she has been changing her hair and her gear and everything. Like, she was definitely being groomed to be the champion this whole year. So it's just uh, part of the progression. Um, and yeah, like let her get the experience and let her be the face of the company. Let Julia be the face of the company too. And let them like take women like Momo, Watanabe and Siri and also like help them grow. And so it was, I think it was a good decision. I think it was the right timing too. Uh, we are going to 2021. We don't know what's going to happen with Japanese wrestling. Um, I mean, news out there obviously like has been saying that there's more and more COVID uh, cases coming up in Japan. I I think Japan is like a country that has the control to to manage uh, the pandemic like within a month. So I, I'm not exactly worried, but I think um, Stardom really wanted to just make some little changes like change a little bit the, the color theme heading into 2021 I think Julia and Hayashita are going to be your your colors uh, for a while next year and I, I couldn't agree and and back to the match I, I there's really not much to say it was it was a lot of spots there was two definitely like pivot spots both on the apron it was a, a pal driver and a neck breaker on Utami and Mayu respectively and those were like the spots that changed uh, momentums during the match because there was a lot of like back and forward, like trading momentums. So it was pretty much that. Uh, at the end, Hayashita hit the, the tower hacker move, uh, the bomb for the win. And and I do have to say, I really, really liked the, the ending sequence. Like uh, it was probably like two, maybe three. Yeah, like two minutes uh, towards the end because it it really 
like painted a picture of the champion at that time, Mayu Watani, finding herself uh, completely just done. Like she was done. She like she had just recovered from a chokehold, uh, like a guillotine, I think it was. And like you could see it like she knew he was she was done. She tried like a desperation roll pin that she couldn't even hold. And and it was just like that. That was like her last opportunity, her last thing that she could do. She couldn't stop Hayashishita. And it was just like a matter of time before the tower hacker bomb for the win. And I really, really liked how how they really painted that picture. Like Hayashishita destroyed Iwatani and Iwatani at the end. Like in desperation, she went for like the most desperate of desperate like pin attempts. And she just, it failed. And she just didn't have anything else. And then she lost. And after the match, um, uh, Iwatani was definitely like mentally destroyed, pissed off. Uh, Starlight Kid tried to like help her with the ice pack. And she just like pushed her away and just like, stumbled to the to the back and and maybe this is also like a, a character progression for Mayu Watani you know losing the title in this in this way and to see how she recovers from it so it, it I think it was fantastic I I I, I thought the whole show was great um, Stardom has been doing really really good and the the only thing I think Stardom needs to get their their shit together is doing live shows, uh, on on Stardom World because th- this match, oh, I mean this show took place on the fifteenth. We could have talked about it last week, but it wasn't up on the streaming service. And by the time that I got to watch it, and and talk about it, there's already been like I think three more shows. Where we're already seeing like uh, different things, and so it, it does kind of like hurt a, a little bit <laughs> to try and to try and go back and watch the show for a lot of people. But I think it's definitely like recommended. Um, something that the uh, at the end of the show after Hayashida won, uh, she she obviously caught her like winners promo, and in that promo. She pretty much made an open challenge uh, for whoever wanted to to wrestle for the title at the end of December. I think the the, the big show they're building is December the 20th. And so first out, we had Julia and Siri come down and they both pretty much made the argument to like, hey, let's have a title versus title match. And let's, you know, like Julia was more about. Let's see who the best champion is. And Siri was like, fuck it. Title versus title double champion at the end. And and that was uh like kind of like where they went with that, and but like wh- while they were doing that, Momo Watanabe just ran down and said like, "Hey, all, the only thing I can think of is the red title. I want to challenge you." And so Hayashishita, being like the a fighting champion, the the champion's champion, she said, "I'm gonna fight the one person that I have like an uh an O one one record." Uh, she lost to Momo and she has drawn with Momo. 
And so she now wants to fight Momo again to hopefully get that win and defend the title. And Julia, I guess, now wanting to get outshined by uh, by Momo and Utami. So like, hey, Siuri, how about you and me title versus title match December 20th? And so we have like two pretty, pretty big matches coming up uh, December 20th. And we're already seeing the the build towards those those shows and I don't know, like that seems like a really, really big card. And I thought that this was going to be the big card, but like in my opinion, Momo Hayashishita and Julia versus Suri may end up being a bigger card than this one. I don't know. We'll see how we'll see how they build out the matches. Obviously Watani versus Hayashita was like the biggest thing. Uh Hayashita was coming from winning the, the tournament to, to get the title shot. So it, it was a big deal, but they're they're building a really, really strong match to end the year. So I don't know, good for them. Uh it'll be interesting to see if this year stardom well next year takes place in uh well they they participate at the Wrestle Kingdom shows. Uh it'd be interesting to see what match uh, or what talent they want to put in. Obviously, I would imagine Hayashita, Julia, and Iwatani. But uh, if if they do like a, another attack match, it'd be interesting to see who the the fourth one is. Uh, I would make the argument for Tam Nakano, who had like an amazing year. But then again, they may just want to do Momo too, I guess. But yeah, that was the, that was the show for Stardom. I thought it was a great eventful show. Uh, two big title wins. Uh, the wrestling was great all around, and arguably the two matches were like just top notch. Worth going out of your way to see if you are a fan of any of these four women, and even if you're not, you should probably watch them just to like to get an idea what the the current status of Stardom is. And that wasn't the only big show that I watched this week. I also watched a little show from a little company called Pro Wrestling Noah. And that was uh, Pro Wrestling Noah's 20th anniversary, Noah the Chronicle Volume 4. From November the 22nd, this took place at the Yokohama Budokan. This was... Uh, also arguably like the the one of the bigger shows of of Noah's at least uh this half of the year. This mat like this show was main evented by the the long awaited Goshiosaki versus Katsuhiko Nakajima. This, I mean, man, where where do we even start? Axis, the tag team of Chiyosaki and Nakajima, was in my opinion one of the best tag teams. Uh, it was the one of the best tag teams last year. This year they obviously didn't do much, but I thought it was still like up there. Uh, it 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 was hard to compete against teams like Nautilus and the North, but they were definitely up there. Axis, and then Nakajima betrayed Go and joined Congo. And so 
we went into the N1 victory and Nakajima won and now he faces Chosaki, his his now former tag team partner and best friend for the title. And so this is a match that it's weird to say it. This was a 42 minute match in a four hour show. So I just just think about it. Like watching a four hour show nowadays, it's pretty hard. Most shows at this point, like they at most they go about three hours. Uh and that's when like they already start to feel heavy. This was four hours. This was paced as a normal big time show from any other year. And even then, after three and a quarter of an of an hour, I started watching this match. It was 42 minutes. And I was about five minutes away from giving this match five stars. If this had been 47 minutes, this could have been a five-star match. I went with four stars and three quarters. <clears throat> I do believe that's the same rating that uh, Dave Meltzer gave it. I I haven't heard of anyone say five stars, but I have heard a lot of people say that this was the best Noah match of the year. And that is also like comparing against the the Keno and and Chiyosaki like time limit draw, the like all the Keno and Akajima stuff. Like they say that this was the best match of the year for Noah, and <clears throat> I do kind of agree. I I I can't tell you that I I watch all of Noah's year. <laughs> it's really hard to, but. From what I saw this year, I thought this was the best Noah match. This was just, it was like a great story of how uh, Nakajima destroyed Go's arm and Go like made a comeback and then Nakajima took him down again and then Go just came back. And, and that was where it lost me at the very, very end, the last minute, that was where I fought I kind of wanted to see Nakajima just like come up again and and to have like that two, three minute sequence where Nakajima and Shiosaki start chasing finishers or something. And then after counter, 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 go gets the win. I I that was the one thing that I was missing because I thought the 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 finish was kind of flat. It was just uh, go hitting a bunch of lariats and, and until he won. But it was just really, really good. Like the story that Nakajima told was great in my opinion because Nakajima starts and he's obviously uh, being worked on. Uh, Chisaki like started with more power. Once he gets the the better of of Chisaki and starts working the arm, he gets like he he. He gets a lot of control. Chosaki makes a comeback. And so Nakajima has to rely on... on He has to get the match back. And he does. 
and he he just becomes like a violent beast and he destroys Shosaki and that second heat uh segment like there's a point where he uh Shosaki's in the floor and Nakajima's just like elbowing him one over and over and over and over and the ref tries to stop it and he just pushes the ref and he elbows 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 and he destroys Shosaki like Shosaki's completely out and, and Nakajima at this point he gets cocky because he knows he has Shosaki destroyed and he goes for the big move and boom Shosaki kicks out and at that point Nakajima's whole like existence existence like crumbles because he thought he had everything won but it wasn't enough and he's like like whoa, 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 what and that's when Shosaki like started his comeback until he won it and it was just a great story um and I, if they only had like that finisher chase at the end it, it would have been a five star but i mean nonetheless like four stars in three quarters is arguably a five star for a lot of people uh, so that is a match that you definitely need to go out and watch if if you're one of those people that just feel that noah doesn't do it for you uh nowadays uh you know, booking is kind of weird. Nosawa is a weird booker. And some of the, the characters are not particularly, like, noteworthy. But go watch this this match for sure. Uh, I don't think it will disappoint you. It is pretty long, though. So <laughs> just be prepared. Uh, and other than that, there was um, not much, in my opinion. Uh, just to go over the card, uh, the fr- opener was full throttle. Uh, Hajime Ohara, Seiki, Yoshioka and Yohei teaming up with Mohamed Yone to defeat uh, Junta Miyawaki, Kinya Okara, Yasuta Kayano, and Yoshiki Namura. Uh, I mean, nothing match. The only respectable thing about this match was uh, Inamura, and, and that was it. We had Kotaro Suzuki and Salvaje de, del Oriente, which was uh, promoted as, as a mystery partner, defeating Kongo, the team of Hao and Tadosuke. I, I thought that Salvaje del Oriente, uh, his debut was pretty weak. Like, if you're a mystery partner and you just, like, come out behind your your partner, then, it, eh? <laughs> like, it's nothing. And, and his dressing was okay. Like, nothing special, to be honest. I, I wasn't impressed. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if he eventually unmasks because he does have a mask. And Suzuki does come out with a mask and he always takes it off. So maybe Salvaje Oriente will unmask at one point and reveal to be someone like, ooh, that's pretty cool. But right now it was just completely in a Benfell. It was like a six-minute match, and that was it. And Suzuki and, and Oriente got the, the win. We had uh, Siogirogan, uh, the team of Kasuyuki Fujita, Kendo Kashin, and Osawa Rongai defeating Kongo, the team of Manabu Soya, Masaki Tamiya, and Nio. This was also pretty wickish. It was also like um, seven minutes or so. And from those seven minutes, the only thing that was like relevant to me was the, the little pair up between Manabu Soya and Kazuyuki Fujita. I thought like it was a great Hoss clash. And at the end of the match, they did kind of tease like a one on one. So hopefully we get that. Other than that, uh, it was just man, Kendo Kashin uh, got the the submission on Neo, and that was like the win, the decision. I 
I don't even remember Nosawa doing anything. <laughs> I don't remember him at all. Uh, like his face, I, I honestly remember seeing it, but like I don't remember any spots that he did. So that's that tells you a lot. Next up, we had Keiji Mujo, Keiji Muto, sorry, defeating Shuhei Taniguchi in about 14 minutes. And that is way too much time for a Keiji Muto match in 2020. Like, Muto is at that point where he does something cool and you're like, oh, that was pretty cool. But then, like, a couple of seconds later, you're like, Man, this can't, dude cannot walk anymore. Like, he shouldn't be in a match. And I had to... I mean... Granted, they had a decent match. I, I thought uh, this was decent. Uh, Muto definitely is... He cannot walk. He cannot. He takes a lot of time to, like, stand up. Like, there's a lot of stuff he can do. The one thing he can do is, like throw himself at people with the knee in front so it kind of looks like he's doing Chinese wizards but it's it's reached a point where it's just weak so i i really don't want to see more keiji muto but i have to accept that this match was okay uh daniguchi did his his job at, at making muto look good we got the gac junior heavyweight tag team title match where uh, Stinger Hayata and Yoshinari Ogawa defeated Momono Senjuntag, Atsushi Kotoge, and Daisuke Harada to win the title. I honestly didn't like this match. I thought it was really, really boring. It was well wrestled. It was a good match. It was well wrestled, but I just found it to be really, really boring. But that is on me because I am not a fan of Ogawa or Hayata at all. I've never really liked them. And I I like Atsushi Kotoge. And I'm, I'm okay with Daisuke Harada. Like, I don't think he's anything special. But, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I This was, like, uh, it was 23 minutes. It was pretty long. And it was just, like, I just found it to be really boring. Maybe it was my imagination. But I counted three Babyface in Peril segments. And that is way too much. Uh, so yeah, like I, this was like, to me, one of the lower points of the show, even considering that we got like a KG Muto 14 minute match. And then finally the show picked up by like monuments. Uh, first up we had the JC national title, Keno defeating Kaito Kiyomiya to retain the title. This went about 20 minutes and it was just really, really fun. Um, Keno looked super dominant and Kaito was just like a great baby face. He showed like a lot of like baby face, uh, you know, like fire. And it was just great. Uh, there was one spot early on where I think it was an accident, but Keno suplexed Kaito outside the ring and Kaito's leg just went straight into the ring post. It sounded terrible. Um, and it may have been like a shoot. No, not a shoot, but like just like an audible to start working on Kiyomiya's leg because he sold it really nice and it added to the match. Because a lot of the stuff Keno did was more focused on the like the upper mid body of of Kaito. 
and so working on the leg every now and then seemed just like a change it didn't it seemed not necessarily planned but perfectly built into the match so i just i i enjoyed it uh this this match i went with, like with four stars um because i really thought that it was a great performance by bombet both men uh Kano, in my opinion look fantastic and kaito kiyomiya uh i don't know like i think he he has the right look i think he has the fire well yeah a little bit of the fire and everything but he just hasn't been giving like big mat big wins i guess uh ever since losing to keiji mutu like kiyomiya has been like just lost in limbo in my opinion but Kano definitely like look fantastic in, in this match uh next up we had the ghc tag team title match uh sugiura gun team of sakuraba kasushi sakuraba and takashi sugiura the, t the champions defeating the ams alliance of masakatsu funaki and naomichi marafuji so just to get this straight <laughs> it's 2020 the end of 2020 and masakatsu funaki is challenging kasuchi sakuraba for a title and their seconds were masahiro shono and keiji muto and their tag team partners are takashi sugira and now mishimaru fuji this is a glimpse i think of nosawa's booking i think nosawa is a really really big fanboy for the old timers and he's going to take advantage and book him when he can <clears throat> and and then we ended up with a match like this having said that i thought this match had a lot of great things about it uh i am a sucker for funaki and sakuraba like grappling and doing like old school pancras stuff uh i'm a sucker for marafuji just chopping and kicking anyone and and i have to say like funaki for 51 years old he looked fantastic like him and suzuki i don't know what they did during pancras but it it did wonders to them um because funaki looked really really good his wrestling is not like amazing but he looked good for 51 and for someone who like you don't really see often in, in many many cards uh obviously takashi sugiru is just awesome he's a great hoss uh him going against either funaki or marafuji was fun sakuraga and marafuji had a good like striking exchange um and at the end sakuraba got marafuji like in a pretzel and and won by submission and it was just like this was also 20 minutes uh long uh it may have been a bit longer than it should have given the participants but i i it was okay with it i guess um i i enjoyed like the different pair-ups in this match and i i don't know um i guess the only bad thing about this match is that i never really expected marafuji and funaki to win and not that because they wouldn't give the title to funaki but i i don't think funaki at this point of his life and career wants to 
win a title and have to do like tours. And so like it was just pretty much just watching uh like knowing who's gonna win. So but nonetheless I I, I enjoyed it. Um uh, I didn't think it was amazing, but I thought it was good. And it was just one of those things that that scratched my really specific itches. <laughs> And and that was like the final one. Like the final one was uh, Chosaki and Katsuhiko, Katsuhiko Nakajima, which we already talked about. Uh, arguably a five-star match for a lot of people. I think that was a match that's definitely worth going out of your way to watch, as well as some of the starting matches that I mentioned. And those were the two main shows that I watched. I tried to get back into uh, DDT's Do Grand Prix. I try to watch some of New Japan's uh, million tournaments that are going around, uh, but honestly, it's it's a lot of stuff. I I think the the thing that I can go and recommend right now is just go watch some of uh obviously from New Japan. I from the things that I watch, I've really enjoyed obviously Hiromu Takahashi. I've enjoyed Doki and Desperados uh, matches. Robbie Eagles is fantastic if you like that style. I'm not the biggest Robbie Eagles fan. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, he's a fantastic wrestler. I just, I'm, I'm okay with him. And But like those guys, obviously, uh, in my opinion, Juja Wemura is doing great, even if he's losing to everyone. But he is performing in a really, like, he's performing really well. And y you can start to see his greatness right now. You can start to see that he's not... A junior type of guy he will eventually be a heavyweight and and that's for the best of super juniors for the tag league uh i'd say go watch the dangerous techers and the fiend juice matches those are the thing the the stuff that i've kind of enjoyed the most um i think sanada and chingo are a good team actually better than evil and, and sanada because they're like those two guys are really, really contrasting personalities when it comes to like wrestling. Sanada is like somewhat slower and careless, or like careless, but like carefree. And Chingo is just like all up in your face. And so I think they've had like a good chemistry. Um, other than that, I think the Guerrillas of Destiny have been pretty good they're really working they're they, they got their working boots on but nothing special i would say um but that's about it um we are getting close to to the to the finals of both tournaments and those we're definitely going to be reviewing but so far those tournaments are just pick and choose whoever you like but there are definitely like things we're watching and those shows have been pretty easy to watch if you like skip all of the commercials and intros and, and stuff like that before and after the shows um yeah the, the matches uh you can watch those shows in like less than two hours and and like less than two hours a day is not that bad I, especially like I'm, I'm talking to you after i watched a four hour noah show so Two hours, it's pretty decent. Um, so yeah, like I would recommend. And for the DDT Grand Prix, boom. Mm, 
it it's it's hard to say like specific matches i like i enjoy tetsuya endo and, and junakijama a lot i obviously i mark out at any time higushi is in the ring mm, takashita has been doing pretty good and i i would say those are about the better ones i really enjoyed soma takao versus uh bueno and yeah that's pretty much about it and and if if you're tired of work rate i would recommend you go to youtube and look up the sanshiro takagi versus uh shudma katsumata match in a bathhouse for ddt it was just like it was a bunch of dudes having fun that was that's like the best way to describe it it was just a bunch of dudes having fun at a bathhouse it was really enjoyable there was a lot of corpse scene because obviously everything just gets wet and like sometimes things don't work the best way you want them to work and the only thing you can do is laugh uh and so i would recommend that that match too and i think that does it for japan this week and so you know what time it is it's time for the impact traffic report welcome everyone to impact wrestling december the first episode of impact wrestling we are 11 days away from the impact plus special final resolution and so this whole show was it really just felt like they were working towards uh building that show uh there's obviously like little hints here and there for it's hard to kill but a lot of the stuff that happened today was really meant for hard for final resolution and so it was an okay show uh, it went by fast but i i can't really say it was memorable at any way in any way possible so let's go from the top um we went straight into a match the motor city machine guns alex jelly made his return to defeat uh triple xl ac romero and larry d so a couple of weeks ago triple xl injured um like kayfabe injured alex Shelley, like just trying to make a statement for themselves and so like now Shelley's finally back and they went back for revenge the match was uh it was a good like speed versus power match <clears throat> it's so weird sometimes with these matches because you would think that the size difference would give triple xl a lot of uh advantage over the motor steam machine guns but these matches sometimes feel like really back and forward uh there was a baby first in pearl like little spot but it was like really really short um and it was really just more of a back and, and forward uh, momentum type of match uh the motor steam machine guns look great they won with skulls and bones and that was about it uh it was a quick match uh i i think the last minutes of the match were the best where there was just like a, a lot of like double t moves and counters and stuff like that um and at this point i i can totally see shelly and saving going back into the title contention scene but i could also see the like triple xl not taking this win like uh happy and re-attacking the motor machine guns like next week so we'll wait and see but 
we did see like uh after the match that triple xl went like backstage and johnny bravo confronted larry d about shooting him because yes that that stupid story is still going on um and and d attacked bravo and then attacked tommy dreamer who tried to like break it up and so there's definitely like a like a stronger edge right now with triple xl i think this is the edge that they could use to attack the motor city machine guns next week and continue that feud giving time to the good brothers in the north to do their thing before they do just good brothers versus motor city machine guns uh we'll see where it goes but i like i like this direction for triple xl i think they're a good team they have a good look they may not always be the best team because I do believe that AC Romero is somewhat limited, but I think Larry D is fantastic. And so, I mean, I'm not happy if they get, I, I cannot see them being the champions, but they can be like a top level heel team that the the champions can have to defeat. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, we saw also Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock arrive to the arena in Scatamore. Uh, suspended Shamrock for attacking D'Lo Brown last week during the the Holex uh, angle where they injured uh, Eddie Edwards. So I guess that's it for Ken Shamrock for a while. Uh, I guess he's just going to go back to Las Vegas to live for a while. I don't know. Um, I really don't mind. I... I'm not the biggest fan of Ken Shamrock at this point. <laughs> He's not exactly like an amazing wrestler. And I don't know, like even like this whole Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock thing. Like it would have been cool if we had like a babyface team that they could change challenge for the titles. But like Impact has such a packed tag team division that it like a team of Callahan and Shamrock does feel like unnecessary so i mean we'll see where it goes uh i have to imagine that eddie edwards comes back and try to get revenge on both but we'll, we'll see if chambrock comes back for that uh we had the um, another match in the knockouts tag team championship tournament this time it was jordan grace teaming up with jazz 48 49 year old jazz and they defeated killer kelly and Renee Michelle, who is doing her in-ring debut. Um, obviously, I knew that Killer Kelly and Renee Michelle were not going to win. So I wasn't heartbroken because I was, I guess, heartbroken like when they announced the tournament. Uh, but it was, this had like good, I, it was pretty good. I would say it was pretty good because Killer Kelly and Jordan Grace, like, they were a great pair up. We got a tease like of what a, a promising one-on-one -on -one match would be between them. Uh, Jazz looked really, really good for, uh, I wouldn't want to see her age because we just talked about Masakasu Funaki being fantastic at 51. Uh, so I, I don't want to say that she could, she looked good for her age because Jazz has always been amazing. She just looked good. Um, she was slightly slower than the other three, but like she looked good. Renee Michelle, this was actually the first time that I've seen Renee Michelle wrestle. I obviously know her from, I mean, I know her from Rockstar Spud, 
but I had seen her in other cards. I just hadn't actually seen her wrestle. So this was my first time. I I like what I saw. I didn't particularly see like a prodigy or anything, but I like what I saw. I I I mean hopeful thinking. I really hope these two ladies come back to impact for, for future tapings. They don't have to be um like they they impact tapes once a month once every two months so they don't really uh, like have to be in the promotion impact allows you to work anywhere in the world if you want to so hopefully they'll say i mean killer kelly i don't know if she actually lives in the u.s now but i i just hope that they do come back for impact because i would love to see a killer kelly versus jordan grace program i would love to see killer kelly and diana Parasso. Like those type of matches, please give them to me. <laughs> and, and so, well, but, but anyway, uh, Jordan Grace and Jazz uh, won. They are going to be challenging Havoc and Nevea in the semifinals of the tournament. So, I, I, I have to. At this point, I can totally see Jordan Grace and Jazz winning just to give Jazz the titles and have her like. I guess retire when she loses them. I don't know because I the other side of the brackets have. I think it's going to be Taya Rosemary versus uh, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steels. I would those two teams. I think are perfect contenders to be the first champions. Uh, Taya and Rosemary are, I mean, I want to say the word legend in Impact, but they are definitely like just, they've won titles. They've have history with so many things in, in Impact. And Hogan and Steels, they're young, but they're really, really good as a tag team. So either can go to the finals, uh, but I don't know. I, it just feels like, you don't have much to do right now for Jordan Grace, and so Jordan Grace and Jazz uh, getting the titles. It's it's pretty likely, in my opinion, at this point. So we'll we'll, we'll see where it goes. That's gonna be like at the heart of the kill. So we are at least a month and a half away from that. Let's not worry about it right now. Uh, next up, we had Ethan Page making a challenge to call Anderson for a match at uh, Final Resolution, and if he wins. Um, he and Josh get a title shot at the titles again. Um, that was it. Mm, somewhere backstage. Uh, th this was actually... Uh, I really, really liked it. I don't know if it even means anything, but I really liked it. Somewhere backstage, we see Alicia Edwards like around a corner. And she's kind of like hiding. And Antonio Dashwood and, and Kay live with a K approach her. And they start talking about like whatever. And... Like they're talking about the tag teaming. Alicia's not paying any attention. She is just hiding from something. And then I don't know where like she just runs and jumps Sammy Callahan. And and security have to pull her away. And it was fantastic because Alicia Edwards, regardless of you know her own storylines with Daniel or anything, she's still married to Eddie Edwards and she wanted revenge on Sammy Callahan for what he did to his husband. I thought this was amazing. I 
I don't see why in other promotions, namely uh, <clears throat> AW and WWE, you can't have significant others come out and and try to like protect, save, get revenge, whatever you want to call it, for their SOs. Like, kind of like what, what we've seen with Brandy and Cody Rhodes, but even to a bigger extent. Uh, so I, I really, really liked this. And it, it feels like completely irrelevant to like the whole overall aspect of impact, but I thought it was a great, great thing to do. Uh, next up, we had uh, your weekly mid-card match that gets interrupted by Eric Young and Joe Doring, and then Eric Young cuts. Uh, I, 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 they're not even cryptid uh, promos. He's just like not really saying anything. Uh, he keeps saying that uh, until you learn that this world belongs to them, like blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know if, who he is addressing <laughs> to to start with. But um, like, I don't mind because I like seeing Joe Dorian in Impact, but he's also like not doing much yet. I I, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we are going to get a fantastic fantastic promo by Cody Diener uh, where he talked about that like him and Eric Young have a history uh, because like they were like when when Cody Diener started dressing school like Eric Young was already established and he was there and so now many years later Eric Young sees Cody Diener as nothing and so like Cody Diener like just cut a promo about like uh, this is personal like I'm going to show Eric Young that I am like somebody you know like th this is a promo worth going out of your way on Twitter to, to find it it was really really good but at the end of the day uh, it, it, it was all about Cody Diener setting up a match with Eric Young next week I, I do believe it's next week yeah uh, not at the, at the Impact Plus special but actually next week. So I don't know. I obviously we are like, we're just going to see Eric Young destroy Cody Diener. But man, if there was ever a time to like make the Diener's a little bit serious, like right now it's a good time. Like have them challenge young and enduring. And even if they're going to lose, like have them like, be valiant baby faces going up against like the monster heels. It'd be perfect. I, I wouldn't mind. We had um, Deanna Parasso and Kimberly approach James Mitchell about like if he had already taken care of Sue Young. Mitchell said, like, nah, dude, like this shit takes time. I didn't even know where Sue Young is. And so Parasso was like, I know how to get her out. So they headed to the ring and Deanna said, like, she she called out Su Young to the ring, say like, "Hey, if you want your your title rematch, come out now." Like not to wrestle necessarily, but like just come out. And so the trap was set, and Su Young got to the ring. And at that point, uh, James Mitchell came out and he summoned uh, Young's bridesmaids. They all surround the ring. Parasso and Kimberly just 
pretty much jumped Su Young, beat her up a little bit, so the bridesmaids all took her out. I mean, I don't know where this is going to lead. This is supposed to like get rid of Su Young and bring back Susie. Uh, but we'll see where it happens. Next week we have Diana Parasso and Kimberly fighting Tyan Rosemary in the Knockout Stock Title Tournament. So don't be surprised if Su Young costs them the match. It just makes sense. <laughs> um, we got Moose approaching Chris Bay um, because Bay has been like kind of like trying to trick himself into a title match with Rich Swan. And so Moose was just there to tell him, like, you know, if you win, I'm going to come for you and I'm going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> and, and that was it. Uh, Moose is just like, he's just been fantastic. He was the same thing that he told Shamrock last week. I, I like this little uh, Moose skits. Uh, we had Gia Miller interview Collins about accepting the challenge from you for Page. <clears throat> it was said it's going to happen. Final resolution, blah, blah, blah. We had uh, the exhibition champion Rohi Raju defeat Crazy Steve to retain his title. Um, so last week, Crazy Steve got himself a win over Rohi Raju as suicide, but then it was a mask and it was uh, to Crazy Steve. So Crazy Steve got the title shot. The match was surprisingly good for a Crazy Steve match, but. I mean, that's already like a really low bar. <laughs> it was like a, a clash of styles type of match where Rohi had a lot of trouble with uh, Crazy Steve's like unorthodox style of biting and, and like doing crazy things. But eventually Rohi Raju like cut him off. He kept him down with a bunch of like knees and kicks and all that stuff. And at the end, Rohi just got a, a roll up and grabbed the ropes for the win. And that was it. Um... It just kind of felt like your spot match where they do like just a bunch of spots. Like even like at the end, it just kind of, I don't know, like it just felt like there. It, I, I didn't really got invested into anything and it, I didn't see Crazy Steve winning. That's obviously part of the problem. We got uh, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles get... Approached by Falaba about Hernandez's money. I cannot believe that we are back into this. Uh, this was just like a waste of time because at the end it was just like, no, we don't have the money. We'll give it to you next week. And that was it. I I don't know where this is going to lead. Uh, but again, I am completely done with this story. I thought we were done with it when, when Hogan and Tasha Seals got the money. I... I think that was like a perfectly acceptable ending to the story. So I don't know why we're going back to it. But I guess we are. So we'll see what happens next week when Hogan and Seals are supposed to be going to give all about the money. We'll see where it goes. We got um, TJP challenge Brian Myers to a match next week. That should be okay. Uh, I mean, TJP is a fantastic wrestler. I think Brian Myers can have a good match with TJP. So, we'll see. Well, I mean, I, I, yeah, it should be good. And at the end, we had the really, really underwhelming main event to Impact where Willie Mack defeated Chris Bay. And talk about, like, this was just, I don't know. Like, I don't know what they were thinking about 
having Mac defeat Chris Bay right before Chris Bay is going to challenge for the title at turning point. I mean, a final resolution. I don't know what they were thinking. The match was okay. And it was, in my opinion, all due to Chris Bay because I just don't like Willie Mac anymore. I used to love him when he was in PWG, when he was in Lucha Underground. But at this point, Willie Mac is a complete bore. And so I I, I was just in there for Chris Bay. Uh, and, and actually, like, the whole match was Chris Bay being dominant until the very end where Mac like just counter base finish uh hit a pop-up forearm and the stunner and he won so uh, i mean it was just it was a shit main event <laughs> it was okay but it was like a shit main event and at the same time uh and after the match um uh, moose ran in and and hit the lights out on mac which brought out rich swan who like run off moose but then I don't know where Chris Bay jumped in with the Art of Finesse and took out Swan. And that is how we are going to get Rich Swan versus Chris Bay at Final Resolution. Okay, I guess. I I honestly would have just made Mac versus Bay a number one contenders match for Final Resolution because you don't have to make arguments about whether Mac or not deserves a title shot, he is Rich Swan's best friend. And so it could have just been like Swan saying, like Mac saying, like, hey, man, can you get a title shot? It's like, yeah, sure, dude. And, and then Bay say, like, hey, man, like, Willie Mac sucks. Let's fight for that title shot. All right, let's 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 fight for the title shot. And that, that would have been just perfect. But no, uh, we instead got, like, Willie Mac defeating Chris Bay right before he he's going to challenge. Like, I just think that's a bad decision. And that was it for for Impact this this week. Uh, like I said, it it was an okay show. It went by fast. Uh, wrestling wise, I think we had like some good stuff, like went with the women, uh, with the Morrissey Machine Guns, kinda kinda with Crazy Steven and Rohit. But that was it. Um, they are definitely building to Final Resolution. But so like this is what I'm saying like they're building to final resolution which is going to be Chris Bay versus Rich Swan but you still have the Moose component every show so we're definitely building to Moose versus Rich Swan too and that's the little things that we're seeing and likewise with with other stuff I mean we'll see where how far they can go like for instance with the Mercy Machine Guns whether they do triple XL at hard to kill or if they just do it at final resolution and then move the mercy machine guns into the titles same with like sue young and, and diana parasso we'll see if that ends at final resolution or if they're actually gonna take it the whole way to hard to kill i hope not because i don't know magic is not like the the program that i want diana parasso to be in but we'll see but anyway there's no point in extending this any longer. That was WRPX, um, your podcast, your Wrestling Revolution podcast this week. It was a really, really packed show. But we we did talk about like a, a match of the year contender, two fantastic women match, uh, matches, 
and two great shows from Japan and an impact. <laughs> and so without further ado, uh, remember to go to Spotify, iTunes uh, to find the podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, follow, like, heart, whatever you can do there. Leave a review, five stars, uh, four and a quarter if you want to. But just anything helps to get the the, the algorithm working. Uh, you can go to DW Revolution on Twitter to follow us and just look at all the the little commentary and stuff that we retweet. And you can go to TheWrestlingRevolution.com where you can find the full descriptive reviews of the shows that we do, uh, mainly for the Japanese stuff. And for Impact, you can go to Figure4W Online, F4WOnline.com, uh, where I do the weekly impact recap so that is it for this week i need to prepare myself because we are going into a really packed 12th of december soon um so that is it goodbye have a pleasant night day i don't know how to end this today goodbye well, that's about it. Son of a gun, we've enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. I guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it, but we'll be right back again. For Corey Macklin, Dave Brown, Lance Russell saying bye-bye, everybody.